Just go ahead and obey the Lord tonight. Turn to John 21. John 21. God bless you for all you do. Amen. There's times I just, I just pray God bless his faithful people. Praise God. I know he does, but I see just, uh, just things that you've helped with and you've done and just think about all the things that you have, have, uh, just been a blessing for the kingdom of God. And I pray God will reward you greatly. Amen. John 21. If you haven't say amen. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for, Lord, your presence here today. Thank you, Lord, for, Lord, your faithful people, God. Because of you, Lord, because of you, you've brought us out of darkness and into your marvelous light, God. Thank you for helping us. Lord, help us tonight, God. Help us tonight, God. Let us see and hear, Lord, your word, your will. And we'll give you all the glory, all the praise. We love you, God. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. John 21, verse 15. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith, yea, Lord, thou knowest I love thee. He saith, and feed my lambs. He saith again. To him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Sheep, God bless you. You can be seated. I want to talk about this a little while now. We know God so loved the world. And we're so thankful for his love and his... Just how many different ways does he show you day by day how much he loves you? The question is never, God, do you love me? But God, how? How I need to love you. Amen. And it's funny because really if you think about it, I've got every reason in the world to love him. But he's got so many reasons. I don't think he, I'm worthy of any bit of his love. But oh, thank God. While we are yet in sin, the Bible says he loved us. And in this, I want to examine some things in our lives. I want to look closely at that statement. Do you love, do you love Jesus tonight? Now, we've studied this. I don't want to spend a lot of time. We've spent all uh, just a whole lesson, a whole message on what's really being said here. There's more really going on than meets the eye on the, on the surface of this conversation between Jesus and Peter. Because in, uh, in the Greek, there are several different words that are translated to love. And uh, we use that word love very loosely. You know, we love ice cream. We love our family. You know, we, uh, can say we, we, we love, uh, our brother, our sister, and we love our puppy dog, and we, we love a, a, a lot of different things. And, but, uh, the, the, the language that this was translated from has, has different words that are translated as love. There is a love that Jesus uses when he said, Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? 
he is using a word that is associated with the kind of love that God loves us with and the kind of love that we ought to love him with. It is a love that uh, is a self-sacrificing love, a giving love, a love that that is active. It's a love that is serving and a love that is comes from God. And when Jesus says, Simon Peter, do you love me more than these? He's talking about a Christ-like love. He's talking about a Christian love. But there's another word for love that is used in the Greek. And it's a word that we, we get uh, the word Philadelphia from. City of brotherly love. It's, uh, it's that word philia or philios. And it's a, it's a word that means you're my friend. It's not quite as intense as the agape, the, the love that God has for us and the love that God puts in us and the love that we show him and one another that says if you love your brother, you're going to give your all and you, you even lay down your life for your brother. Right. And when Peter, after his betrayal and after his denying, rather, of who Jesus was, he's, he's feeling it. And he kind of walks back to the only life he knows and goes back to fishing. And Jesus comes again and, and, and says, I, I'm not done with you, Peter. I'm not done. Yes, you failed. Yes, you, you, you weren't there when, when you said you'd die before you'd deny me. Uh, you're weak. But I've come back to you to talk with you. And, and he says, do you love me? And he says, you know that I love you. But when he responds, there's some, there's a lot of emotion here that you don't really see on the surface. Because when he responds, Jesus is saying, do you love me with that love that I've loved you with? Do you love me with that self-sacrificial love? Do you love me with that love that can only come down from heaven and fill your heart that's bigger than you and bigger than who you were? And Peter responds and says, you know you know you're my friend. It's all I got. It's all I can commit to. I thought I had that. I told you I was going to die for you, but you know, this is where I am. I'm your friend. Jesus comes back and says again, Simon, son of Jonas, do you love me? Do you have this love that comes down from heaven? This love that I've shown you, this love that I've put in your heart. Second time, Peter says, Jesus, you know everything. You know I'm your friend. He's still feeling beat up. He's still feeling like he's failed. And, but Jesus isn't going to let him go that easy. Jesus is still working on him. And, and Jesus says again that third time, Simon, the son of Jonas, do you love me? And, but when he responds that last time, when Jesus speaks this this last time, Jesus brings it down to that level and says, okay, Simon, all right, Peter, am I your friend? And I've said this many times before. I, I You know, if this was just a fairy tale, if this was just a, a novel of some kind, I would like to think Peter just stepped up to the plate and said, because it says it was grieved the third time when he said it. Not because he keeps asking, but because the third time he says, okay, Peter, is that it? Am I your friend? I'd like to think that 
Peter had enough to say, oh, no, I'm going to break through this. I'm going to I'm going to be that one that loves you more. And, but he says, you do know all things. And, and I'm giving you what I got, Lord. But I, 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 I that's the love I have. And Peter needed an experience in, in Pentecost. He needed that that Acts two experience at this time. But and I look and I I realize Peter's not done yet. His love, which is really what it's all about, is is weak and it's it, it needs to be kicked up another notch. But Jesus is telling him, I'm not done with you. I'm still telling you, feed my sheep. I've got a plan for you. I've got a purpose for you. When the Holy Ghost is poured out and and God God you're filled with with the power of God, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna preach a message of, of salvation. And open up the doors of this New Testament church. And, and I've got a plan for you. No matter how weak you are, I'm gonna, you're going to be strong. But I ask myself this. You know, there's a lot of things that go on in a Christian's life. A lot of battles and a lot of things we're praying about. A lot of things we read in the Word of God say, God, do that in me. But you know what? It all has to come down to, Lord, I want to know that I'm loving you. Is it possible? What does it really mean to love Jesus? What does it really mean? I'm telling you, there's a whole lot of people in this world that can say that they love Jesus. But the question is, what kind of love is that? What kind of love really is God seeing in you? See, I I think a lot of people, and I I believe if you're going to love Jesus, you're going to love you're going to love God's people. You're going to love the church. You're going to love, love uh, the preacher. I hope we, I want to make it as easy for people to love us as possible. Right. A lot of what we preach is really saying, hey, you know what? Let's be that. Let's show the world this, this agape, this God sent love, this love that goes the extra mile, this love that turns the other cheek, that love that isn't expecting anything back, but loves our enemies and does good to them to despitefully use us, that, that cares for people that need a friend. Yes, right. Praise God. But you know what? You can love awesome people in church and not have a relationship with Jesus. You can stand up and say, I've got the best preacher, but still not know Jesus. Our desire is not that you love us and walk out and not know Jesus. We want to make it easy for you. We want to be lovable. Amen. But you can love people around you and not love Jesus. Amen. You can be more interested really in in your friendships around you than you really spend time with knowing who Jesus is. Amen. That church is here to to help you get closer to the one friend that's going to be there. A friend that sticks closer than a brother is what the Bible says. To know him. Amen. People, listen, people are going to disappoint you. You ought to be just so surprised if somebody makes a, a misstep. We're not perfect people. But we serve a perfect God. And if we're in love with him, you know what? We're going to be able to just keep on going and keep on praying for one another and pick one another up when we feel weak. And, and but, but if you love Jesus, that makes a difference. Folks that, you know, if I can just... 
say it this way, you know, people that we've seen just seem like one of the family. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, what, what happened now? You know, maybe maybe I'm hurt you or I hope it, I can guarantee it wasn't on purpose. But but where's your walk with Jesus? Where's your dedication to him? Where did that go? Was it was it just the people around you or did you really have a relationship with him? Because if you love him, that's going to stand because he's not going to fail you. I like what I feel in the house of God. I like the presence of God. And can I tell you what? I believe anybody can just walk off the street and and just, just walking away from sin and sinful behavior. Walk in the presence of God and feel something good. Feel the anointing. Feel the power of God. Feel the presence of God. But God's more than a feeling. I want to I want to not only be able to keep living for God and loving him when when people let me down I'm going to keep loving God. Amen. When people disappoint I'm going to keep on loving God. And and but and when I some days when maybe I don't know why I don't feel like I should feel. I don't know where God is his presence is. I don't believe it's God. Right. I know people, you know, they kind of get used to just feeling the power of God and I don't want to get used to not feeling it. Don't get me wrong. But my walk with God and what I love about Jesus is not based on just how I feel today. And if I don't just feel that power of God giving me goosebumps and it doesn't mean anything changes about my love for God. Amen. I look at myself a lot of times and just think, well, something, God, I know it's not in you, Lord, something in my Spirit of God detector might be off today. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you just uh, have stepped back a little bit and want me to seek you a little more. Maybe i got to examine my life. But God, I know you're the best thing that's ever happened in my life. Mark, the 12th chapter. We're familiar with this, I'm sure. Mark 12. I think it's possible... If you love God, you're going to love everything about God's kingdom and who God is. You're going to love what he loves. But I think it's possible to love some of the things and miss him. You know, something that I I feel like I've heard used more. We're talking about the feelings, the anointing and the gifts of God and all these things. The people of God, the house of God are all his gifts and. What we see a lot of times is people love the gifts, but they don't so much seek the giver of the gifts. What a shame that would be. Mark twelve twenty eight says one of the scribes came, having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered him, first of all, the commandments is here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all. Somebody say with all. With all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first and great commandment. Loving him with all. I have been thinking about this probably a lot more than I usually do. I can't say that I go too many days without just thinking about God. I want to love you with my all. I want to love you with all my mind, all my heart, all my strength. God, teach me to do that. 
Let me know that I'm doing that right. Let me let that be my prayer, God. If that's the first and great commandment, Lord, I uh, above all else, God, uh, uh, all the things I do and I, I love everything. I, I tell God regularly, I, I just love everything about living for you. There's nothing in this world that that is tempting to me that that would pull me away from just everything about serving him and loving him and worshiping him. And I just love everything about it. But uh, the question that I was thinking about, Lord, what 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 do you want me to just zoom in on here? What do you want me to focus in on when we talk about really making sure we love God? We say we love him. What differentiates that? What makes that just real to us in a way that it should be? I think the answer really is something that Jesus said to Peter that gives a lot of question, really. But when he comes the first time and says, Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, rather, lovest thou me? More than these. Now, the question has been asked, what's he talking about? Is he talking about the fish on the fire? Is he talking about the boats that are there that they were doing their their life's business on and, and, and making a living? Is he talking about the other disciples there and saying, do you love me more than these? I don't really believe that's so important or he would have made that clear. The question is, do you love me more? Than all these things. Amen. See, the reality of the, the kind of love that we ought to be given to God that he expects and deserves is not just, hey, I, I love you like I love ice cream and cookies. Amen. I love you like I love my weekends and my hobbies. But the question I have for you today, and I ask myself the same question, do you love him more with all? Amen. When it comes down to the choices you have to make and the influences that are all around you day by day, do you consistently choose Jesus? Do you love him more? If you love him more than all your hobbies and all your pastimes and your job, you're going to spend some time with him. He's not going to have to beg you. It shouldn't have to be a commandment that preacher says, hey, you need to put in some time and you need to be praying or or you're going to you're you're going to fall away. No, there ought to be something in you that says, you know what? This is not always easy. It's not always convenient, but I've got to find time to spend time with my Lord. Amen. There ought to be something in you that draws you to church, draws you to the word, draws you to prayer, draws you to, to, to more of him. It's a question, are there other things in your life that are idols that have taken place that you say, I love Jesus, but I love Jesus, but I'm so busy. Hey, if you're too busy for God, you're too busy. I love Jesus, but but I, I, I've got people around me that they, they don't love Jesus. Hey, you better love Jesus first. He better be number one. I'll tell you how he says it. Let's turn to it. Again, this is something a lot of folks have a lot of problem with. But Luke 14. I'm telling you, we're living in these end times and it's not enough to be religious. 
It's not enough to just follow afar off. We gotta be head over heels in love with him. You read the book of Revelation. He says, you gotta love him. Amen. We're gonna get to that in a little bit. Luke 14 verse 25. And there went great multitudes with him. And he turned and said unto them, If any man come after me, you following me? Oh, yeah. I'm a Christian. I follow Jesus. I'm a Christian. I'm going to heaven. Well, if you're following me, listen now. And hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters and, yea, his own life also. He cannot be my disciple. Now, don't stumble over that. This book is a book of love. This book will help you love better than you can love without God. Amen. Jesus calls us to love one another, to love our neighbor as ourself. Amen. So why would he say something like that? Because if there's ever a conflict, if something ever starts to come into play and say, you know what? I think you ought to choose me more than God's will. I think you ought to choose this more than God's way. I think you ought to do this rather than obey God. I hate that. Amen. If you're trying to pull me a little bit away from my God, oh, hey, listen to me now. That's wrong. And you got to fight on your hands. I don't care if it's parents or children. Amen. Or grandchildren. Amen. It doesn't matter how cute they are. Hey, God comes first. And if they're wrong, if they're doing wrong, it's not, oh, you poor dear, you just don't know. No, it's, it's wrong. Amen. It's wrong if it's your husband or your wife. It's wrong if it's your parents or your children. It don't matter. Praise God. If it's your friend, if they're trying to pull you and God's not first, they're keeping you from living your full potential in God. You need to get angry at that. If there's ever a conflict, hate anything that tries to take God from his place in your life, his rightful place, his rightful place. The Bible says that's your reasonable service to be a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Amen. You don't get mad at temptation. Amen. He said, oh, I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I'm not, I'm not for that. Amen. But if I've got a choice between hurting God who saved me, hurting God who loves me and never left me down, never, never did anything but good to me, praise God. I'm going to tell you, it's just not going to be an argument. I'm going to, I'm going to do God's will. Amen. Well, praise God, because I love him. It's one thing to say you love God, but when you choose to walk away from him, you choose to do something else and not get close to him. Every chance you get. Amen. Well, praise God. Say, well, they're strict. They're not allowed to, to, to listen to that kind of music. No, I'm just I'm the temple of the Holy Ghost. I'm, is Jesus like that? If he doesn't like it, praise God, I don't like it. Amen. Say, oh, he doesn't care about things like that. You're not paying attention. I'm going to tell you something. Some of the entertainment that's going on today, I said it here not too long ago. It used to be, it talked about suggestive lyrics. They're not suggesting anything anymore. I'll tell you, I can take you back into the 50s and say, yeah, that's, that's talking about, uh, that's talking about sex. You know, they're not talking about just, just loving the, 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 uh, you know, the beach under the boardwalk. I mean, this stuff has gone on. Some of those guys back then were pedophiles, and it was, it was, it was public knowledge. 
But the bottom line is nowadays, praise God, how can there be any question? That, hey, if I'm going to live for God, I'm not going to fill my temple with things that are filthy and impure. Amen. And say, I love it. Do you love it more than these? Is it so hard to walk away from things that are offensive to a holy God? I, I want him to lead me and, 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 and be sensitive to that. I want to, I, knowing that I'm the temple of the Holy Ghost, I want to, I want to follow his word and his will and, and, and please him. Amen. Well, praise God. It's not so difficult for me to understand modesty. Praise God. I hear the temple of the Holy Ghost. I'm not looking to exhibit my body to this world. Praise God. You're not, you're not a filthy thing. And we're, we're not saying that at all. We're just saying you're precious in the sight of God. And he said to adorn yourself with, with shamefacedness and sobriety. He talks about, about modesty in the word of God because you're a child of God. Every part of my life, not just some parts. I say, God, I love you with my, with my heart, my soul, and my mind, with all. And when it comes to a question of what's going to please somebody else or what's going to please God, I can tell you right now, I love God's will. I love him. I want to please him. Well, there's going to be, you know, I've seen it. You, you know it's in this world. There's a lot of, how can I put this, just manipulation. You know, there's, hmm, help me, Jesus. I don't want to get too deep into this, but a lot of of what you see in the word of God and the whole idea of the devil working and witchcraft, it's really a lot of manipulation. That's what the devil does. He tries to slip in and give you a guilt trip, tries to slip in and, and try to get you to, to, to please man and not, uh, not make any waves and try to be liked and appreciated. And I'm going to tell you, the devil is all about that flesh self-serving and making other people and rather than saying you know what god i love you and i want to show off i want to i want to shine the light i'm a, i want to be that city set on a hill i want to be that on my job give me a boldness to to shine the light of how great you are you know if i if i went somewhere and i and i kind of Kind of brushed under the the rug of the conversation, you know, that I'm married. <laughs> kind of didn't really mention the factor that that I I've got a wife and I've got children. Amen. And I and I was trying to, well, you know, trying to make friends and influence people. Maybe you question my love. Right. Amen. Praise the Lord. You ought to be excited about what God has given you. You ought to be able to defend, amen, you're, you're the ones you love. You ought to be proud of that, amen. Something's wrong with your love if you're not proud of the people you love, amen. If you're not ready to defend that and, and hold on to that dear, to cherish, amen. Let me tell you what makes this a lot easier. When you realize that number one, your will. You know what he said here? He didn't just say, hateth father and mother and wife and children, brother and sisters. But that one at the very end of the list. When you take care of that one, everybody else is a breeze. And his own life also. When you realize, hey, wait a minute. 
I'm not going to bend to your will because I don't even trust my own will. When I think I know what's best, I need to stop and say, God, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. When you come to a place where you take up that cross and follow him. And you say, Lord, it's not what I think is easy. It's not what I think is right. I want this flesh under subjection, God, and I want to serve you with all my heart. Well, I don't know if I feel like praying. I don't care what you feel like. Hate that flesh. That's a problem with a lot of folks in church, man. I don't understand. They say, oh, that preacher, he's getting so rough and he, he don't like me. Hey, we're, we're coming against that, that flesh, that selfish will that's going to take you to hell if you don't get it into subjection. You've got to stop. And you've got to realize that attack on your prayer life makes it so hard for you to really spend good quality time in the presence of God. That flesh gets stronger. That self-will gets stronger, gets harder to submit to God, gets harder just to seek the will of God, gets harder to hear God's voice. A lot of folks say they want to hear God's voice, but you know what? There's a way to hear it. Amen. I said there's a way to hear God. First, you gotta, you got to submit that will of yours. You got to say, I, I don't want my will. I'm not going to fight for my will. I, I, I know, I know I'm convinced my will has got me in trouble too many times. I appreciate when, it, when the preacher starts preaching against something I'm looking at, I'm wanting, I'm feeling, because I know that's where I mess up more than anything. I need a friend to help me see that my will is usually the trouble. Amen. I like it easy. I don't want any troubles. I want it. I want it convenient. And and I got a. I got a Bible that tells me to take up my cross. Look what it says in verse twenty-seven. <clears throat> Whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me, cannot be my disciple. It's a cross. I gave up fighting a long time ago. Well, I don't want to say give up fighting. It's a continuous battle in some ways. But if you just come to terms with the idea that my own stubbornness, my own, my own rebellion, that's, that's our flesh. That's, uh, that's my want and my, my will, my way, has just been nothing but trouble for me. When I came to the cross, when I went to an altar, I said, God, I've been... I've not been trying to live evil. I'm not trying to hurt anybody. But I'm going to hell. I'm lost. And all my righteousness has is, is, is not gotten me anywhere. <clears throat> all me trying to do my best has just gotten me so messed up, God. I'd, I, I give up. And I, I don't want to fight. I, don't wanna, I, I want you to just mold me and shape me and lead me and... Guard me from, you know, we read it there in, what is it, in Psalm 19. It talks about, Lord, those secret sins. God, just just, just protect me from, from me. Amen? Protect me from me. When there's a conflict, I don't ever want to get, get my, my heart hardened to the fact where I've, I can't just say, God, it's, it don't matter. It's your will. Amen. I think uh, no matter how near and dear it might be to your heart, I tell you, God can 
move me out of the way anytime he wants to. I mean that. It's not, oh, I'm the preacher and I'm, I'm somebody. No, God, you, you're God and I'm just, if I'm useful, Lord, and if I can be useful in any way, Lord, but it's not about me or what I want or what's easy for me, I'll get a, I'll get a job tomorrow if you've got somebody better to do what you have to do. It's not my, my reputation. It's not what I'm looking to do. It's what you want. And I want to just submit to that. I want to I be because I love you more than I love my will and my ways. It's one thing to say, do you love me? But do you love me? Let me ask you this. More than these? Is there something in your life you say, well, I love you. Sure, I love you. But more with all. First. Amen. Whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it, lest happily there after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build, was not able to finish. What's he talking about? He's talking about loving him with all. Loving him more than anything. He's saying you've got to re- recognize there's a, there's a cost that needs counted. I mean, I want to be saved. I, I want to be right. And I want to have a relationship with God. Well, you've got to love me more. There's going to be a battle. There's going to be conflict. There's going to be your will and, and other people's ideas. And, and it's going to cost you. You're going to have to say no to yourself. You're going to have to say no to people. You're going to have to say no to sin. You're going to have to say no to temptation. Amen. There's a lot of times people can be a strong influence in your life, and, and, and you've got to say no thank you. But a lot of times what you really have to do is say, I, I've got to say no to the temptation that's leading me the wrong way. Right. Recognize. So hard. It shouldn't be. But it's so hard sometimes for people just to own up to the fact, hey, I'm weak. Hey, I, I'm, I know where my battle is. I know my will wants preeminence over God's will. And I know sometimes exactly how that plays out in my life and where it's easy to, to the Bible talks about laying aside every weight and that sin which doth so easily beset you. That you know just how your will and or, or the will of others slips in there and just tries to take the preeminence, be more important than the will of God. You, you just got to be able to say, hey, wait a minute. He's God. He's God. He knows best. Why, why would I fight with God on, on his will? He's, he loves me more than I can love myself. He, he's been good to me, and I've been my own worst enemy. Amen. So you count the cost and say, hey, I love him. Do you love him more? That's the cost. That's the cost. You're not going to be a people pleaser. You're going to be a friend. Oh, you're going to be a friend, but not a people pleaser. How is that possible? And nowadays, it it seems like it's almost impossible. People, you got to, if you love me, you're going to agree with everything I do and enable me and everything I want and Oh, you're a friend and say, no, that's not good for you. So I'm not going to help you with that. I'm going to help you see Jesus and help you see the best. 
You know, a friend will bring out the best in a friend. A friend will inspire a friend to better. A friend doesn't rejoice when you sink low. And, you know, the things of this world, whether it's the entertainment and the hobbies or, or the friendships and relationships, if they bring out the worst in you. That's not your friend. But it's easy. It's easy to go down the stream, just float down the stream with, you know, with a path of least resistance. It takes some strength and courage to stand up and say, no, you know, there's better. I'm going to do better. And I want to help you do better. That's a friend. Praise God. The Bible says the king that's going to make war against another king sitteth not down first with consulteth whether there be he be able with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000 or else while the other is a great way off he sendeth an ambassador and desireth conditions of peace. He's just saying there's going to be a battle. There's going to be a warfare. You start off living for God. Not everybody's. There's going to be battles. There's going to be times where where your will gets in the way. You're going to have to push through that and say, not my will, but yours be done. There's going to be people that say, hey, here's here's what I think we ought to do. And you're going to hate that and say, no, we're going to live for God and we're going to do right. Amen. Well, praise God. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Do you love me more? Do you love me more than these? You love me, but where where does God fit on on the scale? You have to really, really be honest with yourself. Here's my will and what I want, my hopes and my dreams. You have to trust God enough to say, you know what? My hopes and dreams probably weren't as high as what God's. You know, he's able to exceeding abundantly above all. Sometimes your goals that you set in life and are nothing compared to what God has for you. So letting go sometimes of some things and saying, okay, God, you direct one step at a time towards your will. Amen. And anything that gets in that way, just let God be God. Love him first. We spoke about revelation. Let's turn back to it in the second chapter. Revelation 2, verse 1, unto the angel, the church at Ephesus, write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. He's in the church. Amen. I know thy works, thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them that are evil. Thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and, hast not, and found them to be liars, and hast borne, has patience for my name's sake, has labored, and has not fainted. Wow. You could just maybe stop right there and say, these are, this is excellence. This is, these people, look at them. They're, they're, they're judging the, the unrighteous and we don't want anything to do with that. They're laboring. They're carrying a burden. They're patient so much. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly and remove thy candlestick. 
Now, he's already told us in the last verse of chapter 1 that the seven golden candlesticks are the seven churches. So he's saying, I'm going to take your church out. It's that important. What about all those qualifications, all those great things that you commended us on? If you don't get back to how you first loved me, none of that really matters to me. But I love, I, I love working for you. I love doing for you. That's good. But do you love me more than these? Amen. If you love God, you're going to labor for him. But there's a lot of people laboring for the, the things of God, and they've neglected their, their relationship with God. And he says, I want you to get back to that first, those first works where you, it was me, it was me, and it was, it was all about me. I, 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 that's why, I'd, why I shed my blood for you, that, that we would have that fellowship. Amen. Amen. He said, nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because I was left Thy first love. Now he does say go back and do those first works. Get back to that first love. But I I, I really do believe in this idea of when you first loved me. And it was so real and it was so much more than it didn't matter who thought badly of you. It didn't matter what people were saying about you. It didn't matter what you were. You were just there. Let me be God in your life. But I think that terminology of first love isn't only how you first loved me but that when i was your first love then i loved you loved me first and there was nothing even close to second place undisputed champion of love in your life nobody questioned that you had a very real relationship with me listen worship the music the feeling comes from loving him. That's right. Fellowship. He said if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. Yeah. Our friendships, our fellowship, our unity comes because we got him in focus. Not because everybody just does everything just right, but because we're focused on him, loving him, growing in him, moving towards him in unity. Amen. Everything we have that is awesome in God becomes meaningless. You know what it says in 1 Corinthians 13. Let's turn to it in closing. I know it talks about loving one another, doesn't it? But can we love one another without loving him first? Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not charity... Now, in our language, that word charity, you know, I think of donate my clothes out there at Salvation Army. I gave, I gave a donation. But that word charity is that agape love, that Christ-like, self-serving, sacrificial love. And I can speak in tongues and feel the power of God just flowing all over a service. But you know what? If I'm not walking with him and after the service is done and I'm not drawing love in him and it's about him. It's just noise. It's just noise. If I don't have a love, a love for you, a love for him, which I don't believe can be separated. He said the second commandment is just like the first You can't take them apart, loving your neighbor like you love yourself. But the gifts without love 
The gifts without the giver. Amen. Though I have the gift of prophecy. And understand mysteries and knowledge. And though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains. But I don't have not charity. I'm nothing. The miracles, the signs, the wonders. Oh, is it possible to have a ministry to, to seem like you've got power and not, not have love? God says if you don't have love, it's, it's nothing. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter at all to the kingdom of God. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor. Thank God for giving, for generosity. Give my body to be burned. Have not charity. It profiteth me nothing. Again, I know this context is all about loving one another, but how we can have that kind of love for one another, we can't have it without loving God first. Do you love him more? I want to ask somebody today. I want to help you. Refocus today. I find myself, just I find myself very often just saying, God, help me get refocused on what really matters, what's really important. God, so often we get bogged down. Amen. So often we're so bombarded with so many battles, so many questions, so many, so much of life that 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 we can start to kind of just try to figure out, Lord, what, what am I missing? What am I going? Through? Always come back to this, Lord, loving you more. More than what? Yes. <laughs> Whatever. Right. Loving him more than than everything. That at the end of the day, when you're done praying, were you loving him? When at the end of the day, when you've uh, closed your Bible and you said that all oh, that I, I I love his his word. Did you love him? When it's the end and last amen in a church service. Do you, do you do you love him more? Then when, when you're done fellowshipping and being around the best people in the world, do you love him? Are you seeing him? Is he a part of everything? Do you love him more? The money you've got to make throughout the week, let God get the glory and love him day by day. Amen. In your family and in your home that his will has all the preeminence. Because you love him. And when you're fighting the battles within yourself, when you're struggling with your cross, remember, you started this because you've got a friend like Jesus that you love. He loves you enough to lay down his life for you. And you turn back to him and say, Lord, I, I've given you my all. I've counted the cost. You're my everything. Can we bow our heads in prayer, please? He says to the church in Ephesus, I want you to remember, remember that first love. Remember from whence thou art fallen. Repent. I find myself at times coming to him and saying, Lord, I've, I do love you. But Lord, in my time, I'm just getting bogged down and. So busy. Sometimes just fighting battles left and right. And Lord, I'm, I'm sorry if I've lost focus. I'm just loving you more than all of this. 
loving you more than anything. I have to be honest with you. I have a fear. Paul talked about seeing the church so easily beguiled from the simplicity which is in Christ. Sometimes I see people, I say, God, make sure, help us. Lord, help us to help them see that it, without loving you, without a walk with you, church is nothing. Without loving you with all, loving you more, preaching doesn't matter. If it's just a, a good speech, good good stories and maybe even you you love the Bible verses that we've quoted but if it doesn't help you love him more I've failed my prayers and prayers of your brothers and sisters don't help get behind you to draw closer to a loving relationship with him we've failed remember let your life be about him First and foremost, I tell you why Christians, good, faithful Christians that are here in this church have something to offer and are a blessing and a help because it's Jesus and their love for Him shining through them. It's not that they're perfect. It's not that they don't stumble. It's not that they don't have their own quirks and personality that maybe even aren't rub somebody a a different way but listen when jesus is in you and that love that you have you're walking in that light and there's something special about you there's power in you that can be a blessing and be a strength don't don't get off track refocus refocus today on just loving him Let everything else just bloom out of that. Come on, let's find a place to talk to him before we leave. he paid that you can spend eternity with him. He had the angels. He has the angels in heaven calling holy, holy, holy. But he looked down and saw you in your sin, in your rebellion against his will in your life. And he came anyway and loved you enough to take your sin to Calvary. To set you free from sin. To give you victory over sin. 
that's just the beginning to walk with you, to help you, to guide you, to bless you. What a great God He is. What a great God He is. when you've stumbled. He's been there to guide you. It ought to be so difficult to just realize, Lord, I need to just lay my life down before you day by day, die daily. That's my reasonable service. I just want to remind you today, Jesus. And this one woman with a bad reputation in the community comes and anoints his feet. Expresses her love. Puts herself out there to be a mock mockery. Doesn't care one bit. Jesus says her story is going to be told as long as this gospel is preached to the end of the world they're going to hear about this expression of love something touched him when somebody said I don't care what anybody says to give him my best. I don't care who thinks I went overboard. I love him more than the cost of this ointment. I love him more than my own reputation. I love him more. It's not easy. You gotta you're gonna have to fight these battles where people's People will think you've failed. People will think you've got a problem, but you know you're just, you've got something more valuable with, with Jesus than you ever had with anybody else. Family and friends might cast you out because you just. You love Jesus, that's all. You're not you want to be kind, you want to be a friend, but they don't understand. But you just love Jesus. You're going to be a friend. You're going to help them when they need help. You're going to never give up praying for them and being there for them. But it hurts. But when you put Jesus first, when you love him more, I love you more, God. I love you more. I love you more, God. Hallelujah, 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 God. Jesus, just spend some time right there at his feet. Spend some time just, again, just renewing that first love. Oh, yes, I'm so thankful.
He knows our weakness. He knows the battle we're fighting. He knows. That's why he draws us back. That's why he calls us back. Come on, in all your busyness, and all the fighting, all the battles, love him. Love him. Love him. All the opinions of, just love him. You'll never get off track just loving him. But you got to love him more. Love him more than your will. Love him more than your friends and family's influence in your life. Love him. Yes, yes, yes. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Jesus, 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 there's a lot you're going to hear us preach over and over again about doing the will, being a doer. But being a doer without loving, it's nothing. It's empty. It's vanity. Jesus is calling for laborers, but without love, it's meaningless. That's where the difference is. It's not just saying, I love him. It's easy. Words are cheap, but do you love him more? When it comes down to it, is his will first? Is his will? What about his kingdom? What about his desires? What about what he loves? What about what he hates? Oh, that's it. That's it. Come on. His will be done. His will be done. difference in the world. To say I have a relationship with him. He's coming to us today. Do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these? I want to be that one. I want to be the one who said, yes, yes, Lord, yes, I love you. With all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength, I love you, Lord. With all my mind, I love you more than my job. I love you more than my family, Lord. I love you more than possessions. I love you more than money. I love you more than everything else, God. You're my first love. Let your time of prayer and time in His Word be soaked in your love for Him. 
let the time you spend in the house of God be just soaked in your love for Him. The time you spend serving Him shine in your light doing His will. Let it be born out of a love for Him. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Because without without it, we're nothing. We're nothing. We're just going through a religious routine. Let's all stand. God, we love you.
Amen. God bless you, church.